listening to the Art of Fulfillment podcast. We interview the world's most fulfilled people to share with you the strategies, techniques, and ideas that can help you master your own art of fulfillment. Life isn't about external success. It's all about fulfillment. Or in other words, how you feel about yourself when you are by yourself. Our guest today is the CEO of Scrimmage and the co-host of the Learn to Win podcast. He has vast experience in the technology space where he has co-founded multiple companies, served in advisory roles for several startups and trade organizations, and helped to grow companies in the myths of technological change. While his business acumen is certainly something to appreciate, he is also known for being an excellent leader as he is always leading with humility gratitude, and a deep care for others, which makes him a truly effective and a unique role model in the business world. So please help me in welcoming Derek Lundsten to the Art of Fulfillment. Welcome to the show, Derek. Thank you, Joe, for having me. I'm looking forward to talking with you. It's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, so am I, man. And, and it was really cool to hear that, you know, we have a, a mutual connection in Joe DeSena, which is really awesome. And, and you were just telling me that you just came uh, from Austin at this awesome event. So, so what were you doing in Austin uh, right before this, basically? Yeah, so I was just literally coming back from the Conscious Capitalism CEO conference that was hosted down there uh, at a property just outside of Austin. So I had the chance to spend a few days interacting with some you know, very impactful people that are doing great work and who want to, you know, create great businesses that are also contributing to society in a meaningful way, which are things that I'm passionate about, obviously. And I know some other people that we've that you've spoken to that are friends of mine are also passionate about. So uh, it was a really cool place to spend a few days. That's so awesome, man. Yeah, I, I totally get the feeling like when you're when you're around people who are just as passionate and just as like committed to helping a mission go forward in their companies and their lives and so on and so forth. So that's really awesome, man. I, I'm I'm so excited you got to do that. And and you being a business leader yourself, you're, you're CEO of Scrimmage, uh, a really you know great and innovative organization. And for you, like I just love how fulfilled you are by that and how excited and grateful you express yourself of being in this situation. So uh, for you, like kind of just describe like why, why do you enjoy it so much? What fulfills you about it? And kind of how did you uh, end up on the route that you are right now? Yeah. So I think it goes back to a big part of it was just the natural gratitude of life and, and curiosity of wanting to experience all that life has to, to offer and the lessons of it and the opportunity to contribute to it. Right. And mm-hmm. that's really a big driver for me. When you think, when I think back to what I studied in school, uh, you know, kind of outside of traditional education, when I, when I got to college, I studied psychology and philosophy because I was oh, wow. interested more than anything about, you know, why, why am I here? What's, what is all this about? What is, what is the meaning? What is the purpose? What's my bigger purpose and meaning? And, and those were questions that, that were important to me from a really young age. Mm-hmm. And then I made some time to really focus and study that you know, that really led me down the path of, of exploring different pieces. And what I've come back to is that I just really enjoy helping people. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, business is all about people. And for the businesses that I typically lead and support, uh, which the scrimmage obviously is, is, is a huge part of my life, that's, that's um, it's all about helping people be at their best, right? And so mm-hmm. for me, those are a couple, there's a couple of themes in there that you probably picked up on. Um, but there's so much about my day-to-day that, that I love. In, in the business context, but even just in, in life with my, my wife, my family, my kids, and, and everything around that, right? So I, what it comes down to is I'm a very grateful and blessed person to be able to do 
what I do what, every day and to do it with who I, who I do it with, my team and the colleagues and partners and stakeholders that, that we have in our community. And um, I feel like we're just getting started. Yeah. Oh, I love that answer, man. And, and it must be really, I mean, for someone who probably works for you to have that kind of attitude that you have must make you a real good, um, a leader, like someone who is always like someone that people look up to and, and just a sense of gratitude and optimism. So would you say that for, for yourself and your own leadership experience, that carrying yourself with that attitude, does it have a direct impact on not just the business, but the people in it as well? So I believe it does. Right. And so that's the thing for me personally. Um, I try not to make a big deal about, about being the leader, so to speak. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, obviously I recognize objectively that I, that I am the leader and I have certain standards and, and what I believe good leadership looks like. And I am conscientious to, to model that. But at the end of the day, it comes back to we're all in this together. And I think that's a big part of at least in my leadership style. And uh, I do think that at least from my experience, showing people that you genuinely care about them uh, and that you're genuinely looking to help them, whether they work on your team or with your, with your team um, that, you know, when you work with good people and you are a good person, that that tends to be reciprocated. Right. And that people mm -hmm. want to work and want to, and want to help other people that are helping them. And that's just a natural part of, you know, human nature, I think, and at least good people. Right. And I think that um, over time, you know, I think that that's, that compounds. And I, I feel like that's been, been a key part of, of scrimmage's success, of, of what I believe to be my success, but I don't, I don't make a big deal of it. And I think that's where Joe and I really see eye to eye. Like, you know, he's, I saw, you know, I did a video a couple weeks ago where he was in there cleaning out the toilets, right? And, yeah. I, and it goes back to, it's like, you know, you need to be willing to do every, every job. And, you know, I've, in my life, I've had all sorts of jobs and, you know, sometimes you got to do the dirty work and, and be willing to. And it's not about a title. It's about, you know, being, being, stepping into it. Right. Right. So. Right. Yeah. No, I love that, man. And I think it's so great when you see someone who's in a CEO, which may like CEO position, which many people usually see as, you know, super prestigious and kind of high above in everyone else in the organization, kind of like from an outside view, but to take yourself off that pedestal and see yourself as the other people, I think that's so cool and so special. So like, how did you come across like that kind of insight? Like, was it something that, you know, you've had just kind of naturally all your life? I know you said you studied psychology and I'm sure that played a yeah. role, but, but where did you kind of like uh, develop that, that insight along your journey? Yeah. So two, two things. One is that I can remember from a fairly young age, my dad always teaching me to be humble, right? Like that was a mm -hmm. quote that resonated with me at a fairly young age. It was like always, you know, when you have an accolade, you have a success, he would always remind me, be humble. You know, it's only, it's a success, but it's only a success, it's a success in that moment, right? And there's a lot of moments. And so he would just remind me of the importance of humility, not to enjoy, not to not enjoy the success, but don't get overly attached to it, right? Mm -hmm. and, and, think, and think bigger than you actually are. Mm -hmm. And so that's always been important to me. And then I think the other piece that you mentioned is that really the, the biggest difference from, you know, as, I, as I've matured in my career, it's just experience, right? And I think mm -hmm. that's the, the big thing that I would say is that is really the differentiator between CEOs or, or executives and, and someone who's, you know, 20 years old, which we all were at one point, is just the amount of time that you've put into your practice, right? Mm -hmm. Into practicing your skills, into learning your skills, into seeing the patterns of behavior, of seeing the patterns of customers, of experiencing good things and bad things, you know, successes and failures, mistakes, and all those different pieces. And so, it just really comes back to continuing again, being humble and also being willing to keep trying over and over and over again until you build up enough, 
you know, scar tissue and experience and wisdom, if you want to even call it that, that, that you're able to uh, call from a, from a deeper resource pool, right? And then you're able to share that resource pool with other people who maybe are earlier on in the journey of, of life and business, but doesn't mean that they're any, any less valuable or less, uh, you know, impactful uh, either now or in the future, right? And that's where like the, the business, the game of business is long and, and the game of life is long. And that's one mm-hmm. thing that I think I did understand at a fairly young age through my philosophical research and reading is that, you know, it was all about the long game, right? And mm-hmm. um, one of the other key things that someone taught me, and this is, this is common sense in many ways, but the idea of don't burn a bridge mm-hmm. was another thing that really resonated with me is that, you know, obviously sometimes you're going to be aggressive and you might rub people the wrong way, make mistakes, um, and then and accidents happen, right? Like you, that's why it's called a mistake. But I don't intentionally try to do that, right? And I think mm-hmm. that um, that's one thing that I think is not to get it too off track, but I think that's where leadership in the world right now is off track, right? Mm-hmm. Is that there's too many bridges being burned and not enough bridges being built. Oh, interesting. Why do you think like, uh, I guess like bridges are being burned so much? Cause I, I totally agree with you, but I'm curious to hear like your perspective on like, wh- what's kind of like the thing that's, that's causing that shift. I don't, so uh, my first answer, I don't really have a full answer for, I don't have an answer. for you. Full, <laughs> right? I don't, I don't yeah. know. I'll give you some, some ideas. Um, you know, so one is that, uh, we have a lot more visibility than we ever had into the day to day and moment by moment mm-hmm. insights and thoughts. Right. And so, um, you know, people's reactions are on display all the time. Right. And, and with everything, like the more that you compound and you integrate those reactions over time, it's like it, just, it fires. Right. And so part of it is just the, the fewer volume of visibility and access that we have into every single person's good and bad reactions, positive and negative, at any given point in time. Um, and I just think it's a lack of, perspective of that maybe a lack of Mm. self-awareness both as an individual and as a collective group of people on what that is potentially doing to us Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of in terms of harming us and not hurting and helping not harming us and not helping us in terms of our relationships right and i think that um again that's just the thesis that's my hypothesis i don't have any really thing to back that up other than some things i've read but you know i'm not an authority on this but that's just my, (laughs) my two cents on it no, I love that, man. And I, I love that you mentioned self-awareness in there because I think having a self-awareness is, is such an edge in life. And it's such an edge, uh, you know, as someone who's a leader and as someone who is trying to, you know, really go out and, and carry their mission out and their purpose. Because when you're self-aware, you can really pinpoint the areas that, you know, you yourself need to work on or what you're doing right, what you're doing wrong. And then, you know, the conscious, maybe automatic decisions that you're making. So, so for yeah. you, like how, is there like something that you do to kind of practice self-awareness like how, how do you how does it fit into your life yeah i'm glad you asked that question because that's kind of where i was going to go so my biggest aspect for self-awareness is always recognizing that i have a blind spot that i'm not aware of right mm-hmm. always mm-hmm. right so even when i think i'm being self-aware and i think i'm being good at monitoring how i'm speaking how i'm being perceived how i'm showing up in a, in a meeting or to a client or to my team or to my family or to my wife like there's always another perspective that I'm not considering or that I'm not seeing or that's being misreceived or miscommunicated or misperceived by my definition, right? Still, mm-hmm. it's right and valid to that person or to other people. And that makes it, that makes it the case, right? And so the more that we collectively can recognize there's always a gap of understanding and a gap of, of that awareness, 
the more that there's greater opportunity for us to be understanding of that of each other, right? And forgiving mm-hmm. of that of each other and uh, appreciating of that of each other and less judgmental. And then we, when we get there, it actually creates more trust, uh, creates greater self-awareness, greater group awareness, and the better ability to collaborate. So mm-hmm. that's just, again, my two cents on it. I don't know if that's any, any breakthrough, but that's just my, my experience. No, I really like that. I really like that a lot because uh, I think a lot of people in my life, and I'm also speaking of a personal experience because I definitely was this way, like growing up and kind of like my days in high school and stuff was uh, instead of always recognizing that I had a blind spot, uh, I know, again, personal people in my life and myself in the past, I've always just kind of like fought for my idea of being right, even though Mm -hmm. it might not be right. And even though if I know like deep down, it's not right like I'll still fight for it. So like, how, how do we like learn to, to really like combat that? Cause you know, psychology, it's, it's really our brains just trying to, mm-hmm. you know, like j- jack us up essentially and, and kind of convince us through cognitive biases and all that stuff that we are actually right. So like, how can we circumvent those kind of things? Cause it can be tricky with when the brain's kind of playing biology, the biology card on us, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I think first is again, just acknowledging that. I mean, like mm-hmm. you're already, you're already, way ahead than most people I would say, or that most people would be farther ahead just by acknowledging that, mm-hmm. right? Just having the, the recognition that, oh, I'm naturally biologically inclined to want to be right, to want to have certainty, to want to have stability, to make my world safer, right? That's biologically how we are wired, right? Mm-hmm. And we're, and we're, we're in a time, uh, you know, and this is, this is, I don't think this is anything new either. We're in a time of, of the world where uh, we are in fact safer, healthier, mm-hmm. uh, have greater access to resources, um, have greater access to education, um, and, and are driven by a world of technology, right? That has never existed, in the, at least of anyone's awareness, it's not existed you know, before. And so all those things are going for us, but yet we're, we're trying to reconcile that with a primitive you know, experience of, of human being, right? And so we're, we're going through this, this shift right now as a species, that's what I believe. I mean, mm-hmm. I think it's, and it's continue, consistently starting to be validated by science, right? That, that that's actually happening, that there's changes happening in our biology, in our DNA, and how our brains, brains are working, how we're communicating, that actually demonstrate that. And I think that that's, that's part of it too. So. Mm-hmm. For sure. No, dude, I totally agree. And I think that awareness, again, is, is just so key, like acknowledging that it's like, oh, it's just my brain just kind of doing what it's done all these years. It's not really helpful, but it is what it is. And just being able to override that. And I also love that you brought up the point how you're saying that like now in time of life, is it's probably like some of the best that we've ever had. I mean, with the resources mm-hmm. and everything around that. Um, but I think to some people, and again, it's a, like a cultural thing with the news and everything, you know, if it bleeds, mm-hmm. it, it, it leads essentially. And so we're exposed to all this negative stuff. So do you think that acknowledgement also helps like in, in just saying like, okay, I'm looking at all this negative stuff. Like maybe I just need to explore more and, and really see the facts. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I just, again, having, taking the pause, right. Take, yeah. Acknowledging the gap. Oh, that there's always a gap of understanding in every single moment, every single situation. And if you do that, you leave open the room for curiosity. You leave open the room for that space to be filled with another perspective, another idea that maybe you didn't consider, another thought pattern that mm-hmm. you didn't consider. Right. Um, you know, I have a friend of mine that also talks about this all the time. That I, don't, I, don't know the, I don't know the exact statistics of this, but 95% of your thoughts every day are primarily the same. So you're talking about a 5% wow. of your thoughts that are, that are you know, different every day that you're actually changing. But if you could actually be intentional about controlling and, and influencing that 5%, it has a dramatic impact on how 
you change your thought process over time. Like that goes back into how you reframe the way your brain works, how you view the world, how you view yourself, how your identity shifts in the context of other people, other identities, other situations, right? And so that's ultimately, again, back to awareness, back to uh, the recognition of, of competing priorities uh, between the biology and the, the emotional, mental, spiritual nature of us as human beings. And, and that it's, we're, we're both separate and one. Right. I'm not, and I'm not a guru, just so we're clear. I'm not claiming to be any spiritual you know, teacher or anything like that. This is just my opinions and my experience. Right. Yeah. So I don't want to sound like I'm preaching here. Oh, you're not. For sure. For sure not. No, I, I really appreciate all you sharing, too. And it's, it's really great to hear, you know, your your background of studying psychology and studying how the brain works and all that stuff. It's, it's really cool and interesting to hear your take on that. And I think it's even more interesting and cool is to see that, you know, you studied that, but you took the route into business, too. So, mm-hmm. like. What, what was kind of going through your mind like when you first started? Like why business, especially coming from a background that yeah. uh, many people would consider very different? Yeah, so actually I'll give you a joke that I heard yesterday by a friend of mine, Michael Gelb. He's an author, wrote about all about Da Vinci, and he's written a bunch of other books. You know, one's, he's launched right now called The Healing Organization. Definitely oh, check nice. him out. He's a yeah. fascinating guy, but he was up at the conference this week. He actually was the MC, and he, he made a joke because he studied philosophy as well. He's like, you know, he's on stage talking about his book, and he goes – you know, I studied philosophy and then I had to get out of school and all the philosophy companies weren't calling me, giving me an offer with these, all these lucrative job opportunities. So I was like, what am I going to do to make money? And, and, I, and I laughed because I had literally pretty much the same realization partway through, through college where I was like, okay, I'm really actually enjoying this experience of what I'm learning, but uh, what am I going to do with this degree to make a living? And, and at that point in my life, money was very, very important to me mm-hmm. uh, as, a, as something I wanted to obtain right and um i said to myself i don't want to be a lawyer and i don't want to become a phd and i i you know don't have a business degree right now so what am i going to do and, and this was at a time it was pre-social media right so i literally said well a lot of my friends are business majors and you know they're no smarter than i am so right. and they're making and they're getting great internships making some pretty good money i was like i can do that so i literally went door to door with my resume trying to get a job uh, for the summer job and I, at different companies. And I just walked in and I said, Hey, this is my resume. Here's who I am. And this is what I'm trying to do. And, uh, and that's how I got my job. And the craziest part about it is that I remember, um, being in the one parking lot where I went in and I, before I went in and I, I remember thinking to myself, like, this feels really like I'm supposed to be here right now. Like I had this moment mm-hmm. of like clarity, like reflection was like, this feels very much like this is exactly what I'm supposed to be right now. Keep in mind, I'm like 20 at the time, right? And so wow. and I went and I went in there and I dropped my resume off and I didn't get that, the job at that company, but I received a phone call after I left that office inviting me back for an interview. And, and so much of my life and my path, back to like Steve Jobs' quote, like looking backwards, so much of my life and circumstance has come back because like I ended up later on working in that building for another company, wow. which is also where I met my my now uh mother-in-law and my you know how i connected with my wife and like, oh, wow. I went back. So, like all these things kind of like conspired for me right in terms of like everything working out and i just think it's pretty pretty cool oh my gosh dude i love that story that story is awesome and i think it's really especially cool how you were just like yeah like you know i i have this philosophy degree i don't have a business like degree or a phd or anything like that but I can do it anyways. I think that's so cool. Um, especially when, 
society now is just kind of like all around, oh, you don't have a college education, like you can't get a job. Like you don't have like a PhD, like you can't start your own practice. And I think that limits people. But but for you, like what, why didn't you, I guess, have that thought or, or let that kind of thought or possibility, I should say, enter your mind? Because like for me, I think in your position, if I was in your shoes, like, you know, five years ago with my mindset, I would have said the same thing. But what was different about you in that, in that scenario? I, I wish I had a good answer for you other than maybe I was just like a screw loose or something. I just didn't have, a, I didn't have, I didn't have fear about it. I didn't, I didn't know how it, there was nothing to lose in a way. Right. Like, I was kind of yeah. like, that. I was like what, what's the big, so I, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you, this is what came up for me. So I did an interview a couple weeks ago with Chad Littlefield. There's a really interesting guy. If you don't mm. know him, you should, you should have him on your show. For um, sure. He wrote, a, he wrote a really interesting book about this and it's all about the perception we have of risk. Right. And he and I had, uh, had, I had him on my show. We talked about this is that a lot of risk back to the same point we were just talking about is actually not real risk. It's perceived mm-hmm. risk. Like we're actually not going to be killed, right. By a, by a, by a tiger. When we go into a company to offer our resume to ask for a job, we might get told, no, we might get rejected. And somehow our brains confuse like rejection with, with death. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the reality is it's not. And like, that goes back to like overriding your programming in a way or overriding your biology to, to recognize it doesn't matter. And just for whatever reason, I don't know, maybe I had some DNA, you know, mutation that said <laughs> like, Hey, you, you shouldn't be too worried about this. Give it a shot. Cause if you really want to go make some money and you really want to do this, then it'll work out for you. And sure enough, it, it did. And then again, you just put the effort in and uh, that's, that's a key factor for me consistently in my career. I just kept working. I worked really hard. I continue to work hard. I never stopped trying you know, and I, could, I still continue to keep trying over and over and over again, keep learning. And, and um, there's a, it's a, a blissful dissatisfaction, right? I'm happy, but not satisfied, right? There's, and that's an important yeah. distinction where it's like, you know, you can be happy and also not satisfied at the same time. And, and, and we often, you know, get those concepts confused. I think I've, I've, I always knew that concept, but um, Ed Milet uh, is the guy that, that really coined that phrase so I got to give him the credit, but it's something that I've always known and resonated with. Like you can be happy while still always looking to achieve more, you know, pursuing your potential and recognizing that until you're no longer living, you still have potential. Like you still have life. You still have opportunity. You still have something you can learn or do or grow or contribute, whatever it is. Right. Right. Yeah. No, that, that's really, really awesome. And I love it because you, when, when we pursue something, at least like the people I've interviewed, including yourself, like, I found that some of the most fulfilled people like I've ever talked to in my life, it's, it's all about the pursuit for them, right? Like it's uh-huh. all about like the path to strive for something bigger than themselves, to strive for their goals, their dreams, the change they want to make in the world. And it's in that pursuit itself that usually leads to fulfillment. So I love that you said that blissful dissatisfaction. I haven't heard that before. That is really cool. Um, and kind of speaking about pursuing things, uh, what I really wanted to pull back from, from your answer like before was that you said at the time, the one thing that you really wanted to pursue in your life was money. And I, I think that's awesome. But so it kind of seemed, sounded like a hint, like that was a little different. It's a little different now. Uh, so, so is it um, now or is it like the same? So maybe, yeah, no, it's still important. So money is still important, but it's, but it, I mean, I guess to differentiate, I was like singularly focused on money as the pursuit at that point in my life, right? As the, as the, the milestone, like when I look back at my goals, right? At that point in my life, it was, I want to make X amount of dollars by this date, right? right? It was not about necessarily, it was not about anything more than like selfish ambition at that point in my career. And, and that goes back to maturity and, and lessons learned and, and all those different pieces. And, and when you have 
certain levels of success, you, you experience the feedback, right? And, I, and what I realized, and this is not a surprise to most people, is that you know, after you reach certain points, you may or may not be fulfilled by a certain amount of money. And you, realize, mm. and you start to ask yourself, well, what, why doesn't it feel as good as I thought it would? Or what, did it, what was I expecting it to be, right? And you start asking these questions and then you start thinking, well, did you do something wrong? Did you misprioritize something? And then you start experimenting and say, well, what else could I try for? What else is going to make it feel better? What, maybe what do I want to try next time? Or maybe I want to change my goal, right? And so well, all I would say is that my, my desires and my, my opportunities or my interests have just gotten broader mm. um, in the sense that money has become, and again, it's, I'm not, I think money is important and I want to sure. make a lot and I want to make a lot of money. And I, and yeah. I think, cause I, cause I believe that if I have the resources, I can do a lot with those resources. hundred percent. It's not about, it's not about, Hey, I want to have a lot of money so I can have a lot of money. Right. Um, it's, 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 it's become, it's the recognition that I've learned skills to be able to use that money effectively to have the ability to create more meaning and impact for other people which I didn't appreciate at 20. Yeah, no, I, I agree hundred percent. I've been in the same boat too. And I do think money is definitely important. I love, like you nailed it. Like you say, you said it right on the head of like my idea that I, it's like money's the great facilitator. Like it can allow you to carry your mission out a lot wider. Sure. It can allow you to put your dreams into reality, whether that's a business, a nonprofit, whatever it is, like it allows you to do that. And I, I love that you made that connotation there. It's painful to not have money, right? So I mean, yes. I think that's the, con- like, like people talk about money's not going to fulfill you. And that's true. Like I'm saying, money will not, well, probably not. Maybe for some people it does. But I can't. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not one of those people. But my suspicion is for most people, money in and of itself is not going to be fulfilling to that person. Right. Uh, if they're really, really honest with themselves, you know, that's the case. And so it's just recognition of you know what do you really value and what what's 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 the bigger purpose, right? And I just and again, it's not I'm not preaching. It's just my experience of it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. No, I love that too. I, I love it because uh, I think there was a quote like from uh, Ty Lopez, I believe the quote was, it was like, I, I want everyone to get super rich in their life to realize like that it's not everything or something like mm-hmm. that. And I, I, th- I thought like that quote like haunts me to this day, like, yeah. like so crazy. And like, even like what you were saying, it's like, it may not fulfill you, but it's just how you look at it, how you use it and, and what right. you kind of get along the way, which I think is awesome. And, 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 and not having money sucks. It does. Like, let's, it does. Like, I wish I oh, could, for sure. like not having money is really hard because you're, you're, you're stunted, right? Like yeah. you're, 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 it just goes back not to get too like back to psychology, but like Maslow's hierarchy, right? If you're, yes. if your basic needs are not being met and you don't have the means to move up, then you're, you're limited. Right. And so all of that really, all it does is just open up, the window, right, so to speak, for people to climb through to to access greater potential. That's really all it's all it's really doing in this society is just opening up those options. Because oh yeah. if you if you don't have it, then you don't have it. And unfortunately, you know, there's a lot of people that don't have it. And so right. it, there's a responsibility. I going back to conscious capitalism, right? That's why I was there. I, I believe that you know uh, we have the responsibility to to help other people access mm-hmm. that. Not that they can't, you know, I'm not saying we should just go give money to people, but I'm saying like we have a responsibility to help other people learn how to accomplish that, how to move past that, how to, that thinking or whatever it is. And I believe that more and more people are becoming attuned to that. Right. Yeah. No, I think that's such a beautiful message for sure. And, and so would you say that's like your, your mission now and your message and kind of like your purpose, like how would, how would you, def- like, it sounds like it's similar to that, but how would you personally define like your mission, your purpose and kind of like what, what you're all about, you know, in life? Yeah. So I don't think it's just about financial, right? So, so I'll tell you, and I think there's, 
as I've growing. I think there's more, more than one mission. But I, I'll say that five years ago, what I perceived to be my, my purpose was to connect people, ideas, and capital for the purposes of improving the world through healthcare and education, right? Mm-hmm. And like, that's very much what Scrimmage is doing on some level, helping educate companies. We work with a lot of the largest healthcare organizations out there. And a lot of my day-to-day is, again, meeting people like you and uh, lots of people that are, that are dreaming and, and making things happen in the world um, with each other so that those ideas can be, can be fertilized and can be resourced and that they can come to maturity so that the fruit of those investments and seeds get dispersed to other great people and ideas and opportunities that need it. And we, we grow the forest, right? We grow the whole thing that makes everyone, everyone's level rise. And mm-hmm. for me, you know, it may be financial. It may be, there's a lot of, there's a lot of problems in the world, right? Like that need to be fixed. And, and, you know, another person that I respect a lot, I consider a pseudo mentor, um, even though I don't know him that well, but I've just have been so drawn to his ideas as Peter Diamandis, mm-hmm. right? I mean, like he talks about you know, solving the goals, like all, all of these problems, we have the means to solve them if we actually work together to solve them, which means connecting the people that have the ideas with the people that can execute on the ideas with the capital that's needed to do those things with the, you know, advances that are needed to bring those things forward and time. And, and you just keep bringing that. Like that's really what collaboration is about. And we're at a point again, where we can, we can take super big dreams. I mean, like who would have thought that we're on the verge of having commercial space travel, you know, 20 years ago, right? Here we are. It's like Under Armour is making spacesuits now. I mean, like, <laughs> who would have thought that 10 years ago, you read, you know, the, the founder of Under Armour was almost bankrupt, right? And the guy writes about it in the story about he had, I forget how much money he had, but he, he was on the verge of bankruptcy. And then, you know, he ended up getting that huge opportunity. And now Under Armour is making spacesuits. I mean, like, crazy. that is unbelievable, right? <laughs> that is crazy. Oh my gosh. I didn't even know about that story. That's actually nuts. I'm going to be reading about that after that, but, but yeah, yeah. That, it's crazy, man. And, and it, you're right. Like when people come together with ideas, like it, it, it's just like the cliche phrase, like two heads are way better than one. And I love that idea. And um, one question I do have for you kind of from that is something that I, I don't say I struggle with, but like I can definitely empathize with because uh, I think it's something that has come up in my friends' lives and so on and so forth. So I'm curious to see your take on that. Like, how do we collaborate with people, but like without coming off like we have an agenda or something, or you know, like like to be more genuine in kind of like collaboration, if that kind of makes sense. Uh, it's really hard, but I mean, you kind of tapped on the head, which is just to actually be genuine. Mm-hmm. Right. And and the, the biggest thing is like if you could if you show your genuineness or then, or better word, authenticity over time, right? Mm-hmm. That's when it actually becomes evident, right? Like um, I, can, I can say for myself, like when I was younger, I, I probably was being perceived having an agenda and sometimes I probably did have an agenda, right? But, mm-hmm. but I also had a good agenda. Like I'll give you an example. I talked about some other podcasts. Like there's clients that when I was 22 or 24 um, that I thought they should be working with me and I knew I could add value they didn't want to work with me because I was perceived as young or, or not mm-hmm. experienced enough or, you know, I didn't have the skills that I thought I had. I had my blind spots, but 10 years later, you know, because I stayed with that person, I continued to invest in that relationship and show that I didn't care if they bought from me or not. I was going to continue to show up in that relationship and add value in some way, whether it's something simple, like sending them a note to let them know that, that I value them to connecting mm-hmm. them to someone who actually, that I know that could help them because I knew what's important to them or, 
doing something for them on a personal level or contributing to a cause that they have or you know just learning about them i mean there's lots of ways to add value but more than anything it was just showing that i was going to be in their life in the future and i and my actions over extended period of time demonstrated that and i think that's the big thing is like just lose the attachment right lose the attachment to when it's supposed to happen that it, it will happen when it happens if you actually are doing the things properly and you genuinely are showing up with the right intentions and without an agenda or you know be willing to uh suspend the time frame on your agenda things tend to work for you you know mm-hmm. for sure for sure and i love how you said like it's, it's really hard because it is it is hard and it kind of goes back to what we were talking about before when you know the brain's going to come in and kind of just trying to throw you off track because at times like when you're when you're exposing yourself and being vulnerable and genuine you can kind of have and again i speak from experience in my own brain just coming up like we'll be like oh like if you're authentic or vulnerable here like you might look weak or like they might not accept you and so on and so forth and so you try to come off in this certain way where other people are like ooh like something's kind of off about this guy i don't know like mm-hmm. but but it's really just cuz you know you're in your head and so i love how you said that and i definitely love that you pointed out that it's hard because not only is that thing hard but i can imagine that in your life and in your journey like and as as successful as you are now like there's probably some hard things that you've been through and some hard things you're probably going through and definitely hard sure. things that you're going to face in the future so for you like how how do you face obstacles how do you face difficult things uh in the pursuit of your goals and your dreams like what was kind of like pers- per- perspective so i mean that's kind of interesting you asked that question so i'll be i'll be vulnerable right now with you right so uh Literally today, before I hopped on the plane uh, to do this interview with you, I found out that my grandmother passed away. Oh, right? shit. I'm so sorry, man. So It's okay, right? And, and thank you. But thank you. And, uh, you know, she was a really important person in my life, right? In terms of influencing a lot of the thinking that we've talked about in this, in this you know, caring about people, being curious, you know, getting to know them, really being authentic. Like she was a, a, just a good human being a good person and um a lot of the lessons i've that i i I attribute a lot of lessons to her right Mm -hmm. and so um i also just had like you know what i have a commitment i made right i I told you i was going to be on this show and i know the value of your time and my time and i'm here because that's important right and Mm -hmm. and i'm not saying that everyone has to do that i'm not claiming to be this, this is not about like anything like this is just that's how i do things right like you know i felt like I made the space. It's here. I'm going to do it. Right. And like, you know, maybe if I had to go see my family tonight, I would have said that, but like, mm-hmm. I, had to, I had to wait, I would have weighed commitments, but like I made a commitment and I'm here. Right. And so it just goes back to auditing yourself and also auditing your contributions to other people. Right. And, mm-hmm. and keeping what you say you're going to do, even when it's hard and, um, you know, always being also being forgiving of yourself and others when that happens. Like I had a friend of mine, you know, I literally had a conversation last week and he told us story on his podcast a few, maybe like a year ago that, you know, he was one time had a guest that, uh, that didn't show up to their podcast. And his mm-hmm. first reaction was he was pissed. He was like, I can't believe this person stood me up my calendar. I had a book, blah, blah. And he emails the guy and he finds, he gets an email response back a few days later from the guy's assistant that the guy had passed away oh. the day that he was supposed to interview him. Holy crap. Yeah. And so like, don't you think that was like a moment where it's like, where my friend self-awareness was like, wow, talk about like the ego check of me thinking like I'm getting blown off because this guy thinks he's so important. Meanwhile, the guy is dead. Right. And so like, it just kind of goes back. So like, 
coming back around. Um, I think we just need to check our perspective. People um, are have back to this thing we talked at the beginning. People have a really high uh, threshold or, or low threshold, whatever you want to call it, to be right, to be mm-hmm. offended, to be superior, to be inferior. And again, Dave Meltzer, another friend of mine, talks about all the time, right? Like uh, that. That's like a driver, and and it's really it comes back to just it's it's an ego thing. It's a protectionary thing, and um, you know when you can move past that, or at least be accepting of that, that each of us has that in us. Uh, and there were more similar than we are different. People have greater appreciation. So mm-hmm. anyway, I don't know if that answers your question, but it, just it does finally to share with you. Cause is it literally, that's a hard thing. Like it was a hard yeah, moment. Man. And it, but at the same time, like I look at it and say, my grandmother was an incredibly uh, influential person in my life that I wouldn't be where I am without that person in my life. I wouldn't be where I'm in that that's experienced. And, you know, and I'm a big believer in just things happening as they're supposed to happen. And, you know, that's just the way it is. So, and I, and mm-hmm. I, I tried it and everyone like it, you know, people, I, that's all I would say is I encourage people, this is last, on this topic, is that try to look for the glimmer of hope in every negative, because if you do, you'll, you'll start to expand more positive in that. And it'll, it'll compound again compound over time you'll find more and more positive right and the more that you and i've done this in the past i'm saying it from experience the more that i wallowed in a negative time the more i got stuck in that negativity the more i mm-hmm. the more i created a story that you know had some truth but it wasn't the whole truth right there was another version of the truth or other versions of the truth right and so the faster you just kind of like release your attachment to that the the better you can recommit and try again it's like mm-hmm. you know anyway yeah. No, I, I appreciate you sharing that too. And, and my thoughts and prayers out to you and your family, man, that's, that's, Thank you. that is horrible. And I cannot tell you like how, how grateful I am for you to go through that tough time and still be here on the show. I mean, that is, that, that just says a lot about your character. And, and honestly, I just feel very just honored. And, but at the same time, I also, and I'm just, you know, my, my heart's with you, man, and your family. Cause I, I know that's, that's gotta be a really tough loss. And you know that on the head, man, like that's, that's a hard thing for sure. I appreciate you saying that a lot. Um, and I also really appreciate you saying like, even in the midst of like those things, like you're always looking at like the, the, the part that you can be appreciative to. And that, yeah. that really hit me because like, right now like i mean i can't even like i can't imagine like what what you're feeling right now or ha- like what you're going through because like that's that's a tough thing but like to be able to still be here and be positive and, be, and being present right now because i can like i can definitely tell you you're really really present when this huge thing just happened i think that's that's just really really special that you have that and so i just want to say thank you for all of that first yeah. of all and and definitely my thoughts and prayers out to you i'm sure our listeners definitely feel the same way too um and, and Thank you. Again, I'm just super grateful that you're taking the time here sure. and, and, and kind of like speaking on, on gratitude and you kind of segued beautifully into that. Cause I, I love how you always post that thankful Thursdays and yeah. uh, today actually is a Thursday too. Look at that. It is. So, it is. so can you tell just a little, you already touched, I guess a little bit about it before, but I, I want to just kind of like touch on that a little bit is, is why do you do thankful th- like Thursdays and, and why is gratitude such an important thing for for you and and why do you recommend other people practice gratitude in their life as well yeah so there's a multi-part answer to that question um so one is the thankful thursdays thing i can't take credit for it it's actually was was an idea that was uh an invitation that my friend chris saunders Mm. uh who's a great guy uh you you should definitely talk to him um he suggested it to me um as a way to just 
accentuate the positive that there is so much to be thankful for and so much to be grateful for and to acknowledge that. And I thought that was a good way. And I was just resonated with that. And then, um, you know, I'm, I'm part of this group called the Arte Syndicate, you know, with, with Ed and, and Chris and all these oh, different wow. things. And so last, last year, you know, one of the things that Andy Frisella talked about in his podcast was that, you know, back to you were saying the media, this negativity and all these different things that are, that are inspiring or impacting people's psyche. And, you know, then Gary Vee talks about this whole idea of make positivity louder. And so one of the things that we, that I was doing and we were doing last year was on Sundays, we would post a message about some core value and we'd invite the community of members to, to share their perspective on that core value as a way to provide even just a small flicker of positivity and coordinated positivity in the world. Um, because, you know, kind of like the same thing, like, like a ripple in the pool, a ripple in the ocean continues to ripple, right? It's the same type of mm-hmm. thing. And so we did that exercise for a long time. And, and I, and it got a lot of, you know, it created a lot of momentum for me just to, again, acknowledge all the relations things I'm grateful for. Like I did even a post on my grandmother in that, in that series at one point. Right. And so, you know, a few weeks ago, Chris reached out on social media. He tagged me. He didn't even tell me about it. He just tagged me He said, Derek, I'm thankful for you. And, you know, how you challenge me and encourage me to be grateful in my own life and acknowledge my own positive story. I'm grateful for you. And I'm, and I'm challenging you to do this. And so mm-hmm. I said, sure. And I did it. So for the last few weeks, I've done it. It's not like I've been doing it a long time, but every week I've, I'm doing it. And um, I just think it's, again, it's just a small glimmer of something that I can personally do that maybe other people will copy. And, and I'm fine with that. I hope they do. It's not about like the ideas that create more positivity, make positive ladder, make thankfulness you know a great thing you know because it goes back to if we can be more thankful maybe we'll be less judgmental or if we can mm-hmm. be more happy we'll be less sad or less angry um and it creates a counterbalance and a, and a possibility of a different version of life to shine through and the more people that that you know join that for whatever little thing it is the more that compounds and grows and you know one one flame becomes many flames right and it becomes a big bonfire and so i'm just mm-hmm. doing my small part and so back to your original question on gratitude, I don't know. It's just the only way to live, in my opinion. Because if you, if you don't have it, if you don't have, that, again, back to that glimmer, then you're pretty unhappy. And if you're unhappy all the time, then you can't, you're not enjoying life. And you're not adding value to your own experience or other people's experiences. So what's the, what's the point, right? Mm-hmm. And so if the only thing I can control is how I show up, then at least I'm doing my part to help other people do their part. Oh, I love that, man. And yeah, I just want to say thank you for all you do and the positivity that you spread out in the world because it's, it's, it's a real just, it's a real pleasure just to see someone who is committed to, to sharing their message out and, and really trying to inspire positivity in the world because it's something that I think we need today. And, and really, I think, you know, you're the kind of people who, or the kind of person I should say that really just helps the world become a better place, like through their actions, through their inspirations, through everything. So, so thank you for sharing your message and, and just for, for being you, man, it's, it's just what you're doing is so awesome. And so uh, I, again, I could talk with you probably for, you know, hours and hours on end, but yeah. fortunately we're coming, coming to the tail end of the podcast. So before I ask my last question, if our listeners really want to dive into your world more, if they want to listen to your show, what, Whatever, wherever they can find you, where can they do so? And uh, what are some of your outlets called? Yeah, so we're, I'm all over the usual social media channels as Derek Lunston and also under, under We Scrimmage. Our scrimmage is our, it's at We Scrimmage is our hashtags, WeScrimmage.com. All this stuff's there. Our recently launched podcast is out on all the different channels, YouTube and everything else for you know, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, all that good stuff. Um, and uh, I would just say you can find me there. You can find out our company there. 
and another company that, that I'm really passionate about that I'm working on is called Life Guides. Mm. Check out lifeguides.com. Um, very much about helping people thrive through the challenges of life. And um, I think that's another exciting project and that I think will have a lot of, a lot of positive impact on the world. So anyway, I'm available and accessible to, to you, Joe, and to everyone, you know, how I can help. And I'm just looking to make a difference while I'm here. So oh, thank, thank you, you, man. No, thank you. I, I appreciate that, man. That is so awesome. And I cannot wait to see the rest of your journey and what you're up to and, and continue to see you just crush it and, and enjoying life. Because I think, you know, you, you have this perspective on life that is, is very rare, but very beautiful. And I love how you're, you're trying to make it not as rare and trying to make it more common in the world. And I think that's just so awesome. And so, so for my last question here, what does fulfillment mean to you and what fulfills you in life? So same, you're coming back. Fulfillment to me goes back to just the recognition that you can be happy and, and not be fulfilled. In an, like in a, it's, not do, it's, not a, it's not a black and white thing, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, fulfillment will be when I get, you know, when I pass on and whatever happens next is a positive experience. However, whatever spiritual reality you want to come from, that, you know, the next phase is, is the path that it's supposed to be. Uh, for whatever it was destined to be for me. And, and um, you know, what fulfills me now is, you know, helping people and spending time with my family. I'm really, I'm really blessed right now to have, you know, a, a three week old son and a, oh, wow. a 20, 22 month old daughter. And oh, so wow. I have the privilege of being able to teach them my life's experience and the experience that I've inherited um, and, and be able to really, you know, have direct access to uh, shaping the next generation and provide them opportunities that hopefully will create that, you know, wave rather than just a ripple. So oh, you're awesome, man. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Derek. Really was a pleasure. And, and I'm just so grateful to have you on. So thank you, man. Thanks, Joe. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Art of Fulfillment. We are so grateful that you have taken the time to listen to our podcast, and we definitely do not take it for granted at all. If this podcast added value to you, please feel free to rate our podcast or leave a review on whatever platform you're listening to. It really helps us to get our message out and help others to create a life of fulfillment for themselves. And you can find us every single Wednesday on whichever platform you listen to and you can reach out to us at Art of Fulfillment on Instagram or you can reach out to me directly at Joe Corsion on Instagram. Send us a DM if you have any questions about fulfillment, personal development, meditation or anything we talk about in the podcast. Basically everything's on the table and we'll get right back to you. We love to connect with you. We love to hear from our fans and we are always just so appreciative uh, whenever you guys reach out and we're more than willing to help. So, We'll see you next Wednesday here in the Art of Fulfillment. And remember, create a fulfilling life for yourself. Take care.